0: Good morning everybody, hopefully you're having an outstanding start to your your week. I'm trying to remember, there's a holiday in the United States, I can't remember what it is, but I know in Canada it's Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving to our Canadian friends. And is it, i we'll have to look it up. Somebody put in the comments what the holiday is today in the United States. There's got to be a reason why I'm off today, some federal holiday. Anyways, welcome to the show. You are at the Break the Cycle with DSD podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne. I am uh, not a therapist. I'm an individual much like you who's been through a tough time. And over my nine to ten year experience, I've developed techniques that I utilize to help regain my life find my sanity, help myself, help my kids to get our lives back. And I share that with you to hopefully help you do the same thing. I am not a therapist, like I just mentioned, and what I do like to mention often, be careful throwing diagnoses around. Don't be going around calling your ex an MPD or a BPD or comorbid with this or that or the dark triad. Unless, of course, you have a diagnosis. Just remember, only a licensed professional can diagnose an individual with a personality disorder. So don't hurt your own credibility by doing that. Focus on the patterns of behavior. Focus on what exactly they're doing. That Then you can communicate to people on what's going on instead of trying to convince them that they're a narcissist, that they're a borderline. Just be careful of that. Uh, if you like what I have going on here and you want to support the channel, you can do that by becoming a channel member. And if you become a channel member, you get special badges, custom emojis. Uh, you get your name listed at the end of uh, the live streams when I do it. And I'm getting ready to, I'm almost at the point where I think I have enough people to where when I actually do <laughs> a member-only event, people will actually be there for it. So you can sign up for that over at uh, youtube.com slash divorce. Look for the join button there. And uh the if you want to get the text notification of when the the show starts, easy for me to say, you can do that by texting DSD Live to 844 598 12 844 598 12 And speaking of phone lines, the phone lines are open. 1-424-373-5483-141424-DSD Live. So Again, hopefully you guys are having a good day. The topic for today is damaged people, damage people. Damaged people, damage people. And, th- and this came because I was talking to a, a friend of mine. We were talking about some company, not affiliated with the channel whatsoever. And I... Uh, let me head over here. I... We were talking about, uh, actually, we were talking about channel stuff. He's a YouTube colleague of mine, and he's going through a tough time in his marriage. And one of the things that came up in the conversation is this concept that damaged people damage people. I know that sounds kind of weird, and there's a lot of nuances to it, but but I just wanted to to, to remind everybody of this because it's so easy to get caught up in the fact that we want the relationship to work so badly that we stay focused on trying to trying to make things work and we lose sight of what's really going on or, or what the reality is you know part of it is is that we get into this mode to where the relationship starts out really strong there's the person is is everything we wanted them to be and then slowly after time, it starts falling apart, and we don't understand why. We want to get back to that person that we know, that we first met. And it's a, it's a struggle that typically does not go well. It typically is a little complicated. And complicated is probably an easy way to put it. The problem is, is when people have deep trauma in their lives they often don't feel they deserve any better. And typically when people are in that mode, they are, are more prone to mirroring, to get people, get, to get the target, to get you to fall for them. Partly that's because their entire life has been trying to read people around them, trying to figure out what's going on, How do I, you know, how do I get, uh, basically it's like, how do I get mommy or daddy to actually care about me or to love me? The problem is, is that then they're not coming from a genuine spot. They're coming from looking at you, reading your emotions and your needs. And and in, in a lot of ways we're doing the same thing, but it's not sustainable. You want it to be sustainable. You want it to be sustainable. They kind of want it to be sustainable. But it isn't because it's not genuine. It's not really who they are. And then this leads into the sad reality that people tend to start to sabotage their relationships. You you can really see this whenever you talk to somebody or you talk to your, your spouse or your significant other. And you want to do something to work on it. It's like, hey, let's make it better. Let's figure out what the root cause of this problem is. And they're like, nope, I don't have a problem. I'm not going to therapy. I'm not going to read a book. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Or if they do go, they don't actually put in the work. Let me just repeat that last part. They will sabotage relationships. They will set up unmeetable demands and expectations. They'll move the goal line all the time that it's not achievable because it's, it's basically trying to set up a self-fulfilling prophecy. In their mind, well, what really is going on is they do not feel that they deserve better. And if you are giving them something that makes them feel uncomfortable, it scares them because it doesn't make sense. Now I can go into a little bit more detail on this. With me, this was was an issue where Debbie and I had a problem early on because I wasn't completely healed. I thought I was, but I wasn't. (laughs) I, I was not ready to be dating. I should not have been dating. And what ultimately happened is is whenever Debbie would treat me with respect, when she would respect my boundaries, when she would really show empathy and that she cared, it freaked me out because I had four decades of experience that that was not the case. It's exact This is a crazy part. It's exactly what I always wanted. And then when it was there, It scared the crap out of me and freaking sent me into a tailspin because I didn't understand it. How could every person in my life up to that point not be that? And then finally, I find somebody who does that. And that doesn't mean that we have everything is just skippy, you know, skippy, skippity, dippity. It doesn't mean that, but it does mean that when there's issues, we talk about it. We can have, we can have mature adult conversations, get down to the root causes of things, and, and, and come to, well, not realization, but uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We can just work it out. That's a reason why we've been, I, I'll tell you, if that was not the case, I would not be with somebody if some if if I was in a relationship that replicated the previous four decades. I'll be alone. I'm I'm okay, right? I don't mind. I've I've got I've gotten to the point where I uh, I am okay by myself. I don't feel scared. I don't feel, you know, I guess lonely. I don't. Well, I mean, I have I, okay. Technically, I've been with somebody for the last six years or over six years. But what I'm saying is. That doesn't, fear, that doesn't scare me. That doesn't fill me with fear. When I was with, in my other relationship, when I was in my marriage, I was, filled, I was filled with fear. I was unwilling to have conversations because I was scared that I would push too far with my own wants and needs, my own boundaries that the other person or my, my spouse would leave me and I wouldn't be able to find anyone else. That that was the best person in the, in the whole world I would ever, or it was the best that I could ever do. And I was unwilling at the, well, for the first two decades of that until like, well, maybe like the first, well, yeah, the first two decades, because it was after 20 years where everything fell apart. It was, wasn't until I got to the point where I'm like, I deserve an opportunity for peace. The thing is we want that relationship to work. And sometimes it's just not meant to be. You know, I've heard concepts recently where it's like people are brought into our lives to to teach us lessons. So it's highly possible probable, that when we meet certain people, we're not destined to be with them forever. I think that was the case with me and my, my wife. I think we were supposed to meet. It was supposed to be an interesting experience. It was supposed to be fun. And I think we were supposed to go our separate ways. But me as a damaged person, I needed... I wanted, I needed someone to want me that the first time I tasted that, it was like a drug and I couldn't let it go. There was even a period of time before we got married where we met, I was in Biloxi, Mississippi at uh, Keesler Air Force Base going through basic training and she came down because we only, we hadn't known each other that long And I remember that first part of that weekend, the the rational side of me was like, this is crazy. You haven't known this person that long. Getting married this quickly is insane. And we had a conversation where we're like, you know what, we should wait. And she was good with it. She's like, okay, you know, whatever. And by the end of the weekend, I don't know what happened, but I was like, nope. I was hell bent that we were getting married. And we did. And we were together for over 20 years probably other than other than my kids coming out of it it was probably one of the worst catastrophic mistakes i ever made and it nearly destroyed me and i'm not even just saying about the divorce that nearly destroyed me when i was in the in the relationship it definitely took its toll so that is the discussion or the talking points for today Curious what you guys think about that. I'll check the comments. It looks like there's a couple of callers, too, so I will grab that in a moment. But the first thing I want to—all right, it's Columbus Day. There it is. Tiffany says it's Columbus Day or maybe Indigenous People Day. I'll just say Columbus Day because that's what I—oh, my God, the phone lines are, like, lit up today. Uh, So Columbus Day. I'll hit John Boston, Columbus Day. All right, (laughs) Mr. Man. DSD better than a therapist. Thank you so much for saying that. Well, the thing is, is sometimes peer support, or no, not sometimes, I think most of the times, it's important because you can have somebody who who you feel you can relate to. And oftentimes, even if a therapist has the experience, most of the time, I think Chris Godinez is probably one of the few exceptions, most of the times they don't talk about it. Because it gets it, it, in a clinical environment, I think the reason she's able to get away with it is because she's got her YouTube channel, which isn't therapy, so to speak, because it's not. It's more coaching or it's more mentoring or informational. But typically, a therapist is not going to not going to sit there and relate to you or try to relate to you on it. And I get it because part of the problem with that is it can it can be in it can come across uh, disingenuous. I'm saying that word correctly, where the, you know, it's like you're trying to compare stories. Sometimes I get concerned about that when I, when I, when I coach people, um, where I'll relate their experience to something I have to try to explain how I think they're probably feeling. Mo- I think every time so far, it's been like exactly, that's exactly what I'm thinking. That's exactly what I'm feeling. But I mean, I have this long, I have this catalog of information where, Excuse me, you guys know where I'm coming from. You know my story and already have a bit of a connection there. Let's see here. I'm trying to just scroll down. DIFI Dad says, DSD is this done con- uh, consciously or unconsciously by a narcissist or traits thereof? I think it's done. Uh, I, th- Ooh, I'm trying to move this. I think it's done kind of both. It's a survival technique. If you're asking about them mirroring and, and becoming who you want them to be, I think it's one of those things where they, hold on, I'm trying to turn off my notifications, where it's, that's their defense mechanism because they need validation so badly that in, in their mind, if they become who they want, then you'll love them. So they do it to try to get that, that acceptance. And the reality is, after time, it's just not, it's not who they are, so they can't maintain it. You know, <clears throat> you can pretend to like something for a while, but after a while, if you don't like it, you're not going to be able to maintain it. Mr. Mann says, to be treated like dirt becomes normal. It becomes your comfort zone. It becomes that space where you feel, well, it reminds you of home, even though you may not like it, it's like, okay, well, this is normal. This is what I'm used to. Even if you consciously don't like it, subconsciously, you're still stuck there. And the sad reality, or, or not the sad reality, but the reality is, in my opinion, what's really going on, that is your lesson is stand up for yourself you're worth more, you deserve better, and don't allow this to be in your life. Now, it's really hard when you're growing up and you're a child and it's your parents because you can't really get away from them unless you run away and then that just creates a whole nother f- trail of destruction that you're going to have to deal with. All right, trying to get down to the, the, the comments all right, so I think I have, wow, I have three callers. Holy cow. So we're going to try to do this rather quickly, I think. Let me get this all set up. So I'll go to the first one, which is a return caller, and it's 917 area code. Hello, and welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Dwayne, how's it going?
0: It's going all right. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess I could relate what's going on. I mean, there's a million things going on, but I can relate it to your topic. Cause, so, you know, I'm dealing with um, my kids telling me they don't want to see me, right? And, right, well, I you know, I, I think that when kids are exposed to all this negativity after a while, you talk about hurt people hurt people, Yeah, I think it becomes natural for them to hurt you too. You know, I don't think they want to. I think it's more confusing for them and there's more of a pull. Cool to try to also be nice to you because they're they haven't figured out you know who they are yet but it's not unnatural either for them to reject you because they're learning it and they're and they're not only cuz they're learning it but they're being hurt themselves so it's that whole concept of hurting people when you're hurting people and so it there's a few reasons why they're able to act because it just doesn't we it doesn't compute when we first start dealing with it, and I think, yeah, I think I yeah, I was thinking about what you said. I was trying kind to of relate it to my kids, not the ex. and I was like, yeah, well, I think they also are more likely to hurt you because they're hurt, um, and and it's an ex, it's another yet another explanation for why this crazy thing called parental alienation can actually take hold.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I definitely agree with you on that. And and the thing I just want to add on that is, I mean, I know we've talked about this in the past, that the kids are in a really tough spot. And when you have a, a very toxic parent or a dominating, a dominant parent, I guess, I'll say maybe that's not the right word, but but what ends up happening is is there so much fear associated with that particular parent because they seem like they're the ones who are calling the shots. They're the ones who are making or in their mind are making things happen. And they know that if they show too much attention, love or anything towards you, or even just wanting to be a part of the other parents' lives, they get punished. I mean, so it's a survival technique, right? I mean, you know, you're completely or they're
1: yeah, completely, completely freaked is. out. I mean, yeah. I tried, to, I tried to hug my son when I was getting him from his mom just the other day. And he he never does this when we're alone, but he started pushing me away. Subtly, right? You know, not not yeah, so yeah. obviously, but he just didn't want me doing that in front of his mom. But as soon as we were inside, I could I could give him a million kisses.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think the key on that is just to say, you know, I mean, just kind of tell him, hey, it's it's all right, bud. You know, you don't. I, I understand this is complicated, and 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 you know, I still love you, and and stuff. But 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 it's so telling, right? And I, I remember actually, it's funny, not yeah. funny, but I remember one point during the custody evaluation the when I came in and it was whenever that was the joint time where we were all there and the, th- and the evaluator comes out and I walk in and the, and the kids are huddling around their mom, like looking at their mom, looking at, at me and it wasn't until the mom said, you know, Hey, go hug your dad that then they did it. Right. I mean, and the right. evaluator recognized right. that and said later, it says you're, you are, You you are making, you know, you're screwing this up. She's like, oh, I'm not doing anything. I don't do anything wrong, right? I mean, and it's just, you know, the
2: kids are just. a lot of evaluators. Go ahead. A
1: lot of evaluators don't even get that. A lot. I, I was just watching this video by this guy, Steve Miller, out of Boston. He's a parental alienation expert. And he talks about how, like, the vast majority of custody evaluators, psychologists, and even judges and attorneys don't. Really get the signal that yeah that evaluator saw. Where oh yeah, they the way that most people see it is if the kids are clinging on to a parent, there they must have a loving relationship. Why would kids cling on to you know they don't without the, it with, in the absence of seeing any sort of negativity, you know. So we, you hear the term used, meshment, which means they're just too involved, right, with the kids, and you know the, it. And you see it. You know, my son is 10 years old. Well, he's going to be 10. And he's he's been sleeping in his mom's bed every night since we divorced. And he didn't sleep in the bed at all when he was a baby or he was a toddler. I move out and he moves in. It's like he took my spot, you know. And so they're super close. You know, so you, you think she doesn't have some power over a child that sleeps in her bed every single night. I mean, yeah, they use that, but a good evaluator could see that, well, there's, you know, there's too much closeness here, and, and she has complete control over these kids. And, but, you know, other people wouldn't see it that way. They would see it as, you know, that's, that's just a loving relationship. They're just very close. There's, there's a lot of things, in. I'm dealing with this in the system. I, I want to even give you an update on what happened in court, but I I can't get into too many specifics here, and then it, it just becomes clear. you know if anyone hears me yeah dude I wouldn't yeah just
0: wait till later wait when it's appropriate to share that
1: yeah but but the uh, point is the the system is just not attuned to these things I've been told repeatedly by my attorney do not pursue parental alienation do not say that do not stop talking about the mother stop he's coaching me constantly we fight over this don't you're making it hard on yourself
0: well, see, yeah, but, but,
1: hard on yourself
0: but, the, but, Hey, I just, let me interrupt you for a second. If you, and I know the interview sure, I did sure. the other last week was a little polarizing and, and not everyone was thrilled with it. But one of the things I thought was telling is when that, when Marco was talking about how, you know, at least where he's at and maybe this is the same case where you're at is that parental alienation doesn't really, isn't really considered a, a legitimate thing. And if you're going down that path, and everyone in there doesn't believe you, you absolutely are hurting yourself. So you're better off focusing on the patterns of behavior and what's actually going on right. to focus on it. You don't want to, it's like, you know, we right. we think we should be able to say parental alienation is happening and that there should be a checklist that they go, okay, is this, this, this and happening? And be like, yes, 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 yes. Oh my God, that's what it is. It's all, but instead what we have to do is we have to go down and go down that checklist and push out there that these things are going on, so that everyone else involved goes, Oh, wow, this is one of those rare cases where parental alienation is actually happening. But I would agree. I mean, I know you're fighting with your attorney on it, but you, you, ha- you need no, to. I
1: agree. I understand. Yeah. Okay. I understand this point of view because I get it. I mean, even Steve Miller, this guy referenced, talks about how when he, by the time he's called into a case, they've got four other mental health professionals saying there's no parental alienation and the judge already knows those people right. and he pops in saying well no it's and they and they ignore him so he admits he acknowledges in his testimony to the connecticut state legislature which you can find on youtube just google
2: mm-hmm. steve
1: miller connecticut state legislature you'll see him speaking and you'll see him Basically admitting, and he's really articulate. He can explain this stuff as well as anyone I've heard. Yeah, but he he's not successful. It sounds like most of the time, and so I agree with my. I don't. I you know, my attorney basically says don't focus on her at all. And then he says, well, we have to point out he, he and I can't even he can't even agree with himself. It's just so, it's so maddening to deal with
2: this. Because, well, what I think oh, right, what he's, he's saying no, on that is alienation. focus on what's yeah.
0: happening with the kids and that in and of itself should show what the X is doing. So instead, see, and I know, <clears throat> excuse me, I understand why he's saying it because if you're focusing on the X, it is easy to tear your argument apart to make it look like, Oh, well you're just disgruntled and you're just lashing out because you're right. angry and you, and your credibility goes right. away. So I think that's what he's trying to say is if you can pivot it to what's yeah. going with the kids and then, you know, it's just kind of like, it's a natural thing to say, okay, well, you know, they were all really good. And I mean, cause we've talked for a while and you've had good, you've had good interaction with your kids and you do still, right? It's just only now with this public thing during transition time are you know, your kids freaking out is because they, they're being programmed by the mom that you're bad and they can't, you know, yeah. show you attention until it's we, private yeah. and they feel safe.
1: And, and my point is that my lawyer even says we need to point out that she's doing this and I'll correct him. I'll say, well, no, we, I don't, I think we need to focus on their relationship with me because at the end of the day, no one can say there's any issue with my relationship with them except they don't want to comment. It,
2: yeah. it just
1: doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. Yeah. So, you know, I just happened yesterday and it looks, I'm getting, text from the mother right now saying the kids want to leave early today, you know and at first she wanted at first she wanted to end the time early. i think she had some plans right she right said, i wanted to end at three o'clock and now she's saying oh the kids want to leave at three i was like know, oh, what's happening at three o'clock right you know? <laughs> it's like and and we're we're under the eyes of the court and she still she still won't let up
0: it's just no, and, ult- and ultimately you know, that'll that'll torpedo her argument, or at least it should, as long as you don't make mistakes. But hey, man, I got like well, I, I do have two hard. other people waiting in the queue, and I know I'm running out of time. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. So, so hey, thanks for calling and sharing. No, Hang in fine, there, man. The fact that you ha- that your your That's kids fine. still show you good attention when you're when you're with them privately, you're still winning. So, and uh, when you can come with an update, I'd love to hear it. Talk to you soon. Absolutely. man these things are so uh, are so stressful and just just beat you down let me see if i can grab this john says dr steve millers the four a's uh alienated parents typically present with the four a's they are trauma they are trauma victims anxious uh, agitated angry and afraid uh but he goes on to say The the four C's of an alien parent is that their master manipulators are cool, calm, charming, and convincing. Man, ain't that the truth? And you would think that, you would hope that someone would look at a situation and one person seems completely disheveled, the other person seems calm, cool, charming, and convincing, that someone might go, huh. What's going on here? The problem is, is typically they just take it as face value and say, okay, well, this other person is exactly what the calm person is saying. So they're the bad parent and we hurt our own credibility. Very tough. Uh, let me turn the comment off and I'm going to try to go to the next caller who's been on hold for 23 minutes. So I apologize for that. It's uh, area code 703. Hello and welcome to the show.
3: Hey, Dwayne. Um, I just wanted to call and kind of talk about my, um, recovery from my abusive relationship that I've had. Okay. Um, so I just kind of wanted to, you know, tell my story of recovery. And so it's been, I think almost three months since I was able to get out. Um, and, you know, listening to your show, I can hear, you know, how, uh, how difficult it is for, you know, people in marriages. Cause right now I'm 21. So I was lucky, lucky, lucky enough to get out before, you know, being married and everything like that. But we dated for two years and, you know, like you've been saying, like I didn't see anything for the first, you know, at least year and a half. Yeah. I was so blinded by love bombing and, you know, she gave me all this attention and love and it, it was tough because it was both our first relationship. So, you know, I was never able to see the signs of abuse and I just kind of accepted it. Yeah. And near the end of the relationship, like you're saying, you know, I was just used to being yelled at, used to being beaten down. I would, you know, she would keep me up until late, late in the night because she wouldn't let me go to sleep. Because if she didn't go to sleep, I couldn't go to sleep. So yeah. I would be up until 4 or 5 in the morning. And, you know, she would try to alienate me from, you know, my family, my friends, uh, take away all of the things I'd love to do, like my hobbies. Yeah. And it, it just came to a point I couldn't take it anymore. But it was so hard to get out because, you know, it was the normal for me. So I didn't know anything else.
2: Did
0: your, no. let me ask you this, did you have uh, trouble with your um, family, your parents and stuff, or was this the first experience with a, with a really toxic relationship?
3: What do you mean by that?
0: Like, well, I mean, cause typically when you say it became normal, I mean, a lot of times what happens is, is we have, I mean, the fact that you were only in there two years is a testament to you, right? My experience has been mm-hmm. people who are in there for a short period of time have loving parents, who really did, you know, who, who raised them well, and you start to recognize the signs that this is messed up and you ultimately get out. I'm just curious if you had, if uh, your family of origin had issues or if that was a pretty stable environment for you.
3: I mean, it, it has been kind of, um, you know, there had been issues So in the relationship they never really liked, you know, they never really liked her. Yeah. Um, But they still tried supporting me because I'm their son. So they, you know, even though the times they'd see me upset and like they could see that my anger, because I'm not normally an angry person, right? But they could see that I would get angry over the littlest things. I would start yelling at my parents, at her, at my friends, just because I was so bottled up. Yeah, that I, you know, because all the beaten down. Um, but. You know, eventually I, there was just one morning, it was like July of this year. I just woke up one morning. I don't know what it was, but I just woke up and I said, I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't take this. You know, I want to be myself. I can't, I can't keep, you know, uh, changing myself to be with her.
0: Man. Because it's funny. Cause the uh, begin- I just oh, want to say this real quick for a second for, for, it took me 21 years to wake up for that, for you to do that in two years. Good for you, man, to, to figure this out before you really send yourself down, down a spiral of just pain. So, I mean, good for you. Thank you. Yeah.
3: Because she wanted to be engaged by this October, like by now, and then be married in two years, kids two years after that, or even sooner. Right. So I just, i you know, being 21, I'm not ready for that. (laughs) Um, but I kept saying, Oh yeah, you know, we can do that just like to avoid conflict. I would agree with her so many times just to avoid that conflict. And so, yeah, I was able to, at since July, you know, I, I never really opened up to anybody because I knew no one would actually understand what I was going through because all the people around me aren't used to this kind of relationship. Um, So I was able to, you know, finally open up to some of my other family members. I was never able to open up. Well, I was later, but not at first. I wasn't able to open up to my parents. Um, But, you know, getting that support, I was able to, you know, eventually, you know, break things off. Um, And it kind of happened with an unexpected visit from her. which she lives three hours away, she unexpectedly drove up to my house. To apologize from an argument, and that's when I kind of broke things off. But
2: I'm, know, sure, luckily, I'm sure that didn't go get well. Out of it. <laughs> they,
3: yeah, that luckily, so, being in the toxic relationship, we actually had each other's locations. Like we we share each other's locations, right. so I was able to find her before she got here. So I had some time to actually prepare myself. Oh, good. Um, oh, that is good. Yeah and luckily you know my parents were there to help support me in you know getting getting out but it only lasted like 25 minutes and i i recorded it on my phone like with the audio just in case because i don't know what
0: she's capable of
3: you know what she's going to come yeah what what she's going to come with me to like with um so yeah, and we were able to get out of, pretty scot-free, we were able to get out of the lease that we signed because we were supposed to move in in August. So, luckily that, you know, all came c- to a conclusion. But since then, I think it's been, um, I think just about a month or a little over a month that I've been going to therapy. Oh, good for you. Because I really need, yeah, I, because I wanted to do it in a relationship, but she said I could not, which.
0: That's a bad sign stop. right there.
3: Yeah, um, because she probably knew I was going to talk about her. Right. So, yeah, she took, you know, she basically stripped me down and, took you know, stripped me down to just a shell of a human. Like, I was not myself at all, but I was just so in the relationship and, like, so, like, oh, my God, this is so exciting. It's my first relationship, you know, all this stuff that I didn't think, oh, you know, this isn't normal. I would just think, oh, you know, people in relationships. You know, this is what people go through. You know, I didn't know anything else. Right. So,
2: yeah. Hey, but so now let me. Going let,
3: therapy. Let,
0: I can. Let oh, me yeah. ask you this: what What is your key takeaway on this? I mean, what would be advice to another another young young man going through this, to, so that they don't get trapped in this themselves? What's your takeaway from all of this? Um. Not to put I you guess on the I would spot. Say, you
3: know, just no, it's fine. You know, I mean, it makes me think, you know, um, I mean, I guess for me personally, like established boundaries, cause yeah. that was something that I've never been, I've never done. Like even with my family, my parents, they never established boundaries with me. That was never a thing in my life. So I never knew. So I never, we, her, my ex and me never created boundaries So that kind of, you know, made things plummet. Um, so I guess just create boundaries and do research because you don't really know if you're going to be dating someone like this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Very true. You're
3: in it. So if you know the signs, if you know the behaviors, you can see it from day one or maybe not, but
0: I think you can actually, I think, I think, I think you can. I mean, like, even when you look back now, can you see the behaviors now with what you know? Now, when you look back, do you see little signs from when you guys first met? Maybe not like day one. Yeah, but I
2: think
3: so.
0: Yeah. Normally they're there. Um, yeah, I think. Normally within, they're
3: there. I think within one of the first weeks, like, for example, I wanted to have a me day, just hang out by myself and do my own thing.
2: Yeah. But
3: she yelled at me because I was not with her. Yep. So, and then I would, you know, I couldn't spend money on myself. I had to spend it on her or for us, um, things like that. So, yeah, I guess now that I look back on it, I can really see you know, the signs and it's, it's crazy. Like since yeah. I've been out, I can see so many more signs that I didn't even think of.
0: Dude, that, you know, the, the, the amazing part of this that I feel for you, especially at your age is going forward. You now understand it. Right. And you sound like you're in a spot, you know, you're not bitter. You don't sound bitter. You don't sound like, you know, you hate women or anything like that. You sound like you're in a spot where you're like, you can recognize it. You can trust yourself. You're working on building your boundaries That dude, that is going to make the the next, you know, I mean, it's going to make, you know, your, the the rest of your twenties a lot better and the rest of your life better because you're going to be able to discern better people. And when you see toxic people, hell, even friends to be able to say, you know what, these people don't deserve to be in my life and to to surround yourself with the people that should be in your life. That's phenomenal to do that at your age is outstanding.
3: Yeah. And like, at first, you know, going through griefing, like I, I was so upset losing her because I was like, yeah. you know, this is my first girlfriend. Like, you know, that we had so many memories, but then, you know, listening to, like, I then found your channel and listening to you when you were saying like, those memories aren't real.
0: Unfortunately, and, that's the truth. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And it made me realize, I was like, Oh my God, like this, it, it's true. Like she was just manipulating me and yep. getting me high to get me low. And basically, you know, One big thing that I've learned, I was talking to my cousin about this and like saying that, you know, all the times that we had that were happy were extremely high. You know, I was so happy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But my cousin said, my cousin said, the reason the highs were highs were because the lows were lows. Yeah. And I was just like, wow. It's
0: hard to see that when you're in the middle of it, though.
3: Yeah, I was like, we argued like every other day at least for hours at a time. Yeah, because she kept just bringing ammo into the argument. So, yeah, it was crazy to see that.
0: Wow! Well, I I pre- like,
3: wow, that's not.
0: I appreciate yet. you uh, you taking the effort to call in and share your story, man. I mean, normally the audience isn't isn't as young as you, and to be able, I mean, it's it's tremendous. I mean, that you're you're kind of like my. My best case scenario: get somebody before they really screw up, get married, have kids, and now they're in a situation that's worse. But to find somebody to really get this information, use this moment to really change your life is 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 the key, is the goal. But I appreciate yeah, it's you sharing. Yeah, going to be
3: inspiring to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're welcome.
0: Yeah, you are, man. You actually are. So thanks for calling, yeah, dude. Guess, uh, yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Man, that is, isn't that a story that we like to hear? I mean, so often it's, it's, oh my God, I've been married for two decades. I can't see my kids. I'm being alienated. My reputation has been ruined. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm completely disheveled. I've lost everything. God, if we could just catch people like that last caller, catch them early on, let them learn the lessons in a toxic relationship to where you go, holy crap, I don't want to deal with that anymore. Do it in a healthy way to where it's not, you know, the the angry, bitter, you know, stereotypical response. Man, so I'm glad that guy called in. I have one other caller I'm going to go to, but before I do that, I'm going to just double-check the comments. I was throwing some comments up whenever, um, whenever he was talking, so just that I thought would... Uh, um, Back up what he was saying. Uh Pass, if I'm saying that right, says can totally relate to the 21-year-old. The abuse through though was about every day since three months in the relationship when I declared my love for her. And it was one and a half years of torture, devaluation, and discard. You know, and the and the, the crazy part about that, at least in my mind, is see that was what was happening to me, but I just normalized it and made it okay and Two decades, two fricking decades. I wish, I mean, pass this if I'm saying your name, right? If you were able to get out of it in a couple of years, phenomenal. Congratulations, the last caller to be able. I wish I don't because of my my home life, I just accepted it that it was normal. You know, I was sad. I was like, oh man. I was really hoping it wasn't going to be like this. I wanted the highs to stay high, and uh, I just made excuses for it. And it took me two freaking decades before I finally had enough courage to say, okay, I deserve a chance, a chance, just the possibility. I was so worn down and broken down that I figured, what do I have to lose, you know? I'm about ready to go to the top of the control tower and take a nosedive, which I wouldn't do because I hate heights, but just figuratively, well, if that, if, if I'm so worn down that I'm thinking of, you know, potentially giving up, what the hell do I have to lose? Let me get the hell out of this. And if it's the worst fricking thing and, and it's, it's horrible, well, okay, you know, I guess it got worse. But the pain I was having before was freaking unsustainable. And the amazing thing is, is once I got out, I felt, I mean, even though they don't let go, it's like the damn, you know, since we're still in October, it's like the, the typical scary movie. You get away from the bad guy. Maybe you gun them down or maybe they're in the grave and you go, what was the one? I can't remember. Was it Carrie? Is that the one where... At the end, somebody goes to visit the grave and a hand comes up and grabs them. And it's like, you can't seem to get away from these people. But I got away. I got my life back. Kind of like what that last caller was talking about. I got to the point where I felt like I was my old self that I hadn't seen for two decades. So on that tirade, I'm going to go to area code nine, nine, seven, eight. Ooh, it sounds like somebody says they got some good news. Let's see what that's about. Hello and welcome to the show.
2: Good
4: morning, Dwayne. it's Tiffany.
0: Hey, Tiffany, how are you doing today?
4: I'm doing good.
0: So you have some good news to share with us?
4: Oh, absolutely. Awesome. So last Wednesday I had a visitation with my kids and my oldest son, the one who's told me that he he hates me, that I'm dead to him, managed to talk to me for an hour and five minutes. It was probably as an adult the most boring conversation I've carried on but
0: but the most satisfying you know, at the same time, right?
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Was that in person or was that virtual? So
4: that that's virtual. I only have virtual right now.
0: Wow. But, um, and an, and the other thing. How old is he, he again? He's 10. And that's pretty cool. I mean, I, I know what you're talking about because of the conversations, but I mean, it's so easy to lose the attention of a of a kid that age. I mean, that's good. Good for you.
4: Well, for those who are dealing with this, you know, the the, the child hates you and this type of parental alienation, oh, yeah. I found it best to like, I, I don't ask him about school. I don't ask him about his life. I'm like, oh, what's that you got there? Oh, is, is that a new video game? Oh, cool what's it about? Oh, well, I've never played it. Well, what are it, What are you supposed to do? Like, what's the goal? Like, And I keep prompting him in that way. So he talks about something that he's a hundred percent interested in.
0: Oh my God. I feel for you because I made my eye twitch when you said it because I used to, my son used to want to talk about video games all the time. And I'm like, I'm just thinking to myself, oh my God, I don't want to hear any more about it. So good for you though. But you know what? It, It takes those little steps to start building, building the bridge. I mean, you're doing it right. Good for you.
4: But the second thing is, uh, my, my ex had texted me and, you know, I was, he was talking about the dental appointments and he wanted me to pay half the bills and, um, whatnot. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, you said you have estimates. These are not bills. Give me the bills and I will pay half of that. He goes, well, I have to pay the day of. And I said, yes, the dentist's office, you will pay the full price. They'll give you a receipt and I pay you back half of that.
0: Imagine that concept. How'd that go over?
4: Uh, We entered into a text battle and it became, um, he started running me down about things that happened in our marriage. And, you know, I basically told him, I'm like, hey, hey you you want to play blame games? No, I'm not the person. I just want to know about the kids. yeah, and you know he he started you know texting back, you know, I don't appreciate you questioning me all the time. you know it's like an interrogation yeah. this that and the other. And I said, if you had sent more updates about the children's medical, dental, school regular life, I wouldn't have to question.
0: Well, yeah, and I have I mean, not received yeah. a
4: text
0: back. No, I mean, and and more than likely, like in in California, like the the second page of the divorce paperwork is like the standard form which talks about bills, and it's like, I mean, you know, if you if you guys can do that and say, hey, you know, the bills are going to be a hundred bucks, can you send me fifty? But I mean, if you're in that situation, one, you wouldn't be in my, you wouldn't be here at this channel. And the second part is yeah. it's like it's like it's set it's clearly set out. It's like okay, you know, you got x amount of days to send the bill. It's like you pay the it, damn bill, you send the receipt, you get paid or you don't if they refuse to pay it and then you have, you know, then you got to decide what you want to do with it. But I mean, yeah, it's just well, a control wait, this mechanism.
4: Is, this is the same this is the same guy who doesn't know how insurance works. Well, he's got secondary insurance. Guess what? Those estimates are going to be nothing by the time I tell the dentist office to add the secondary insurance.
2: Oh
0: yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you.
4: So he wanted me to pay this money and then he was probably going to go around, go back to the office and be like, Hey, I forgot the secondary insurance. Can you apply this after the fact, get paid by them, get the claims from them. Yeah. And then I've already handed over my half. I'm like, yeah. I'm not stupid. I know this game.
0: Yeah. You know it's frustrating in my situation. I also
4: wanted to add.
0: Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Your oh, your ahead. your comment will be better than mine. <laughs> go ahead. What were you going to add?
4: Um, I was actually on a personal call with iTumblers, and we were actually talking about the wiretapping laws because he was talking about his situation. Right. And I said, I'm unfortunate that I live in a state where I cannot record anybody.
0: You can or he cannot would
4: have to say okay. I would have this to- cannot.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's like California. So I can't
4: even walk around in the street and and do that. Um, also, everybody needs to learn because I know you had uh, Marco. What's his name on
0: Marco Brown? But every yeah.
4: every state, yeah, every state has their different forms. Oh yeah. So, or emotions. Yep. And you need yep. you need to realize that. Like when I was talking to iTumblers, I was like, dude, you need to you know, you need to prepare for the end game. I'm like, if it doesn't go your way, you need to file this motion. I was like, I don't know what they're calling it in your state. I managed to look it up. And I'm like, you need to file for a motion to reconsider. Yeah. But in my state, it's called yeah. a motion of post-judgment relief. So if anybody's still in a legal game, make sure you're looking up your local
2: you, state
0: motion. And you have to you have to be your own advocate on that because oftentimes an attorney's not going to want to to do it because they don't want to jeopardize their relationship with the, with the other attorney or with the other attorneys and the judge. So that's why, I mean, if, 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 if you guys have listened to Alex Falcone or when he's been on, that's a, a reoccurring theme is that most attorneys don't want to do the appeals. But if it's, if it's messed up, appeal the damn thing.
4: Well, you have to, you have to ask the courts first. Right. If, that judge would be willing to reconsider their view on your particular case before you can even go file for an appeal. And the process is totally 100% different than, you know, going to your regular probate or district court or superior court. And it's, it's just, it is 100% overwhelming. Anybody who's going through parental alienation right now, I live in a state where they acknowledge. The act, but they will not acknowledge the word. So the minute you say the word is the minute that you are.
2: You've
0: hurt yourself.
4: Fat poop crazy, and you, you know, you 100% hurt yourself.
2: It's crazy. It's crazy that that
4: happens. (laughs) Absolutely. The best way to get a judge to realize what's going on is you have to be the most polite person twisting their arm. They are supposed to infer from the evidence themselves.
2: That's and a, you can convince
4: yep. them that there's no other way this could happen. Yep. Like no other way. And they'll be like, oh, well, this isn't right. This is This is alienation. The minute they say it, it it's okay. Yeah. Now you can say
0: it. Tiffany, but you are so you right on that. Use,
4: like, yeah. You need to use like six different terms. It's uh, cross-generational triangulation. It's uh, a, an attachment bond issue. It's, you know... You can bring it up in so many different ways. That's why we have a source has lots of synonyms, <laughs> antonyms. We, that's we, hilarious! We I love to, you saying we that. We need to kind of open up our vocabulary.
0: But you know what? But that's that is so true. That's even on the on. I mean, I know that typically with a narcissistic person, parental alienation is a is a <clears throat> key thing that typically happens. But it's the same thing. If you go in and go, there's parental alienation, and my ex is a narcissistic personality disorder, cluster B, probably comorbid with borderline, you've screwed yourself. You might as well just turn around and walk out because no one's going to take you seriously after
2: that.
4: Well, the funny thing is, in my state, they had a continuing legal education program that had alienation in the title, and this was back in 1995. And then on top of that, um, the probate court um, set, set forth a guideline on, um, for the mandatory parenting program. So they list, like, when you don't get your child ready for visitation, when you show up late, when you block calls, when you, you know, say the other parent's name. So they physically listed this out. Yeah. So they gave you a checklist. And then when I went through the parenting program, I was handed another packet. Now, this is, once again, this parenting program is overseen by the probate court. They send someone once every two years to sit in the program and get the same information. The gentleman in my area doing it specifically tells you it's alienation. It's even written in paperwork that you get afterwards. All I have to do is show it to a judge. Yeah. And it's now one hundred percent alienation because it's met all the requirements
0: exactly by
4: probate standards yeah. not providing the children, saying my name constantly to the point where my children don't call me mom right and then you know you have another gentleman who's who's a um, not a therapist, but he is he has license to a certain extent right saying it's alienation
0: you know. And I think, I mean, what you just said, I mean, t- to take all that other information and re- kind of reverse engineer it and allow the, everyone to come up with the, con- you know, with the conclusion that you're trying to get them to see. Outstanding advice. It's the best approach. It's absolutely the best approach to deal with this, I think.
4: It, it It's the nicest way to twist the judge's arm and be like, hey, you see
0: this? Yeah. No, Tiff. Thanks for, Tiffany. Thanks for bringing that up. That forceful. <clears throat> No, you don't. You just have to be, you have to come up, you have to, or we have to come across calm, cool, collected, reasonable, so that we don't detract from our own argument and just say, look, here's the, here's the patterns of behavior that are happening. And if you have an area, if your court system has, has a laundry, a checklist, and you could just systematically go down that checklist with examples, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. One, two, three, four, five, six, hell, even line them up down the checklist. So as a person who's sitting there going, oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes! Oh my God, this is parental alienation. We have a serious problem here. <laughs> but you, br- but we bring it up first, and it's like they will not even look at the damn list. It's crazy. Well, thanks for that. That so, was good I mean, information, Amy. So, Amy, oh, what's her even name? Even
4: Amy Baker and Eve right? Miller. Yeah. Um, um, they 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 both have their checklist. They have four and five point items. They have eighteen. Um, 18 ways that the children will show alienation um and they all have their checklist and they have to meet that criteria yeah so if you meet that criteria for your given state then the state has no way to look at it and go oh holy crap it is alienation
2: right
0: uh let's
4: see what we're gonna do about this
0: right Thanks, Tiff, for calling. I appreciate it. That's great information, and that's a that's a great call to end with. So thanks for thanks for sharing with that, sharing that.
4: You're welcome. You have a good morning.
0: Man, I like that one. Actually, we had a lot of good callers today. A lot of good information. Holy cow! It's kind of a more of an upbeat share of info, which I really really enjoy. Uh, I I need to get. I need to try to get. Amy Baker and oh crap, the other guy that you guys said. I need to see if I can get them on. I've I've been working on doing more interviews and stuff, so maybe I can. That wouldn't that be awesome to be able to talk to them and, and really drill down on those on those uh, those points. It's amazing, you know. It's weird. We get so wrapped up in this that, you know, you want to use the the new terms that you figured out because you're li- living it. And it's like the, the, the summary term of everything. My ex is a narcissist, which means all these things. And it's like a consolidated way to say it, but it's crazy. It's to the point where it, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, doesn't accomplish what we think it will. It does for us, right? If I tell you, man, I think my ex is MPD. You, boom, you know the type of pattern of behavior. Or if I say my ex is BPD, you're like, Oh, okay. I know what that means. You know, if they're comorbid or the dark triad, I mean, we, because we spent time looking at this, understand what it is. Nobody else does. It's like we you, you can't use the overarching terms. You have to use everything else. The problem is, is that if for, for us to come, try to communicate that, you know, you waste a ton of time trying to say, well, I went through this, this and this and this. Oh, that's this. Right. That's what's nice about these communities is that we can we can uh, we, we can communicate in a different way. And we don't have to worry about someone thinking we're nuts. So on that, wrapping up the show. Thanks, guys, for hanging out with me on this Monday. The best thing you can do to help the channel is like, subscribe, comment. Get that engagement up so the YouTube goes, Hey, people actually like this show. I'd appreciate that if you did that. On that, the other thing I appreciate are the channel members if I can find my button thank you guys to all the people who have clicked the button to become to join and support the channel really means a lot go easy on yourself guys hopefully you have a great rest of your day and I'll catch you tomorrow